0: We are a few weeks into the year already and I hope you've taken some time to sit down and think about the goals and aspirations that you have, what you want to accomplish for the year. And if you haven't, you should press pause on this video and set a timer for five minutes and sit and jot those things down and think about what you're gonna look forward to accomplishing this year. And If you have done that already, then maybe you've noticed that you were really pumped and motivated at the beginning. Now it's sort of starting to wane a little bit and maybe you've already experienced some setbacks that have knocked you off your game entirely. And we're gonna talk about that today. Why that happens so easily and how we can get re-inspired and re-motivated to make this year the best year ever. Maybe not ever, but make it a good year. And so if you are into that, stick around. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Speak Organized podcast. This is episode two and I'm your host, Melanie Summers, professional organizer, decluttering expert, and productivity-based life coach. I like to speak organized to give you the tools and confidence to conquer your clutter, live life with more purpose, and learn all about the business of tidying. Today's episode is about motivation. What is it? Where is it? How can we get some of it? And how can we be it? How can we be motivated? And the biggest thing about motivation is that it is a finite resource. It is not something that can be funneled into one or two aspects of our lives. It has to be able to be spread across all aspects of our lives. And so I wanna share the biggest secret with you about how to get motivated. It should very rarely come from within. And I think that's the reason why so many of us fall short and lack consistency, is because we're relying on willpower to get motivated. And we need to get realistic. And so today we're going to create what I call a rocky road plan which assumes that we as people are not always going to be able to conjure motivation up from within ourselves and so we're going to put together a support system and build you a plan that's going to allow you to continue to get motivated when you're not feeling it. So that's what we're gonna talk about today. And before we get into that, if you know that you're the type of person that really needs help with this, you're ready for change, you want to make this year better, maybe you've had a couple really rough years and you're just you're done with it and you're ready for a change, I've got a special opportunity that I wanna share with you guys. I'm coming out with a brand new workshop called Better Habits in 30 Days. And I am super stoked about it it. I've put a lot of time and effort into this. It's an absolute labor of love, but I want it to be good and I want to have lots of really quality information to share with everybody in this workshop. So down in the show notes, if you're listening to this podcast or if you're watching it on YouTube, make sure that you click the link to get on the wait list and get in touch with me if you have any questions about it at all. You know how to find me on Instagram. You can DM me. You can also send me an email. Go to my website, MelanieSommersCoaching.com. It's really easy to get in touch with me there. All right, we're gonna talk about what motivation is in its truest form. And it comes down to your why. And we have all heard that. Every single entrepreneur says, you know, it's, you have to have a strong why. You have to know why you're doing something. And its I'm not making fun of anybody for that, by the way. It's just, it's so true. And everybody says it for a reason. And I read the book, Willpower Doesn't Work by Benjamin Hardy last year. I highly recommend this book. It really put a lot of things into perspective for me as an entrepreneur and also just like as a person, Trying to wear a lot of different hats and do a lot of things and be motivated to keep going and get all these things done and do them well, and sort of what real success looks and feels like. And one of the stories that really turned the light bulb on for me was a man, and I I might be getting the story wrong slightly, but you'll kind of get the idea. So there's a man who crashed his car. um, It went off the side of the road and I think what happens is he hits a tree and his, his truck is stuck. He can't get it out. And you would think that you would need to lighten your load in order to be able to have the traction to pull out and go to safety, but he was sort of given this divine insight that he needed to cut the tree down, and so he ended up loading logs from this tree into the back of his truck, which made his truck heavier, which allowed him the traction that he needed to be able to pull his truck out, And onto the road to safety and so the lesson there is that in order to achieve something or to be motivated to do something it has to be tied to a very strong reason you have to increase the stakes you have to make your load heavier um, so that you don't want to fail like if you're increasing the stakes of failure you're more likely to keep going with something and so that is the reason why you want to have a very strong why for doing something uh, to, to be motivated. So that's kind of the first thing and so now we're going to talk about the tips here. So the first tip to get motivated when you're not feeling it is to deepen the attachment to your goal and revisit it often. And so again, that is just tying the the goal that you have to a really strong why. So and just revisiting that and tying those two things together so that when you're not feeling like doing something, if we want to take the example of um, you know getting your house organized, you have a system in place to clean up your kids' toys. If you have little kids that you're constantly picking up after, it can be very draining and you're not always gonna feel motivated to want to do that. And so maybe one of the strong reasons why you're going to continue to pick up with them is so that your kids can see that you're setting a good example and you wanna try to involve them in the process, even from a very young age of picking up after themselves and really sticking to that and being consistent with that. Not doing it perfectly but just having it be a part of your daily life and your lifestyle so that your kids get used to that and that becomes a habit for them. I work with people all the time who grew up with stay-at-home moms or they had house cleaners that were over regularly and they were never taught to pick up after themselves. They never learned the skills and the systems to do some of these things for themselves. And so when they find themselves as adults in charge of their own schedules and routines, their to-do lists, the household chores, the cleaning, they kind of find themselves drowning under the weight of the responsibility and not having the system and knowing what to do. And so if you have kids, this is a perfect example of having a really strong why would be to make sure that you are passing that knowledge down to your children so they can become capable, functional adults. So that leads us into tip number two, which is to use a commitment device. And this is kind of like auto-pay. Auto-pay for your bills, this is auto-pay for your motivation. And this points back to the rocky road plan that I was talking about earlier. And you set up a rocky road plan for yourself while you're still motivated so that when you hit those low points, those moments of weakness, you have that system, that support system in place to help keep you consistent and to help provide you with the motivation that you need. And so the biggest piece of that comes from accountability and that usually takes the form of a person or a community. And my biggest piece of advice when you're trying to find the correct type of accountability person or community is to go for a group of people or a person that has already achieved the goal that you are wanting to achieve or they have already shown consistency with the habits that you want to adopt and if we're going to use the example of um, you know getting in shape maybe you have a friend who Loves to work out and they're very consistent. They go to the gym five days a week or they, you know, have a workout regimen that they follow. You can, instead of being intimidated by not being at the same level as that person, you can reach out to them and just let them know, like, hey, you're on a health and fitness journey. Can I join you? And um, just sort of appeal to them as a sort of inspiration for you let's say and I heard a really funny story of a couple of friends one of them wanted to get in shape the other one was basically what we're talking about is is already like had the habit of working out consistently and the dude who wanted to get in shape wrote this friend a series of $20 checks and said for every workout that I miss you can cash a check And I mean, that's a little extreme, but that is a perfect example of how you could put this commitment device to work for you. Um, And we're basically just trying to borrow motivation externally so that we're being smart about it, knowing that we're not always gonna be able to get the motivation from within ourselves and we're borrowing it from somebody else or borrowing it from a community and sort of bonding over that and creating a new habit. Um, Another thing that you can do is use accountability through deadlines. And so I call this giving giving a project or giving a goal edges. And so you want to be very mindful of the language that you use when you are talking about the goal. And you want to avoid words like maybe, or perhaps, or someday. Because these words sort of can be used as excuses for not doing something and I know I've talked about this before and it's so true and I always listen to my clients very carefully and when I hear them use those words I always try to sort of point it out. Um, I just did it right there I said sort of and so I'm also trying to work on being more intentional with how I talk about stuff and so I'm try- I always try to help my clients with that as well so you think about using very intentional words and that is going to help you set the expectation uh, that you're going to do something. And the same goes for setting deadlines. I always try to give hard outs for projects for clients if we're if the goal is to get organized and we're working on, you know, a, a bathroom vanity or something. We're working on that space underneath the bathroom sink. And it's, you know, not really something that a client has time in their schedule for. They say that they, it's just like not, they don't have time for it or whatever. And so we work backwards. You set a deadline for yourself and then you work backwards and you create the time. And often that's a little bit easier for people to digest. And if you set the deadline, you've set the expectation, you've given yourself external accountability by setting the date so that's tip number two. Tip number three is to eliminate your triggers and this is a very effective one um, especially if we're going to use junk food as the example. The easiest way to stop eating junk food is to just not have it around and so you're changing your environment and this is another thing from the book Willpower Doesn't Work that uh, that Benjamin Hardy talks about is um, sort of changing your environment and how powerful that can be for changing your habits and so again if we're using the example of junk food get it out of your house if you want to be healthier if you want to eat healthier you don't buy the crap at the grocery store you sit and kind of make a meal plan again like meal planning is like a rocky road plan and it allows you to stick to a specific script so that when you go to the grocery store you stick to what's on the list and you're not bringing the crap into your house. And if you still don't have the motivation to follow through with that, then you can add in other trigger eliminators like ordering groceries to be delivered or for pickup so that you don't have to go through the store and be tempted by all the things that you see. And that can be very effective. So that's just, you know, one example of what you can do. And then we can also take the example of, um, of being distracted online and trying to get work done. And so you, maybe you find yourself procrastinating a whole bunch. And so there are softwares like Self-Control. I'll put a link to that in the show notes and in the description of the video as well and that will help block certain websites from use for a certain period of time so that you're not tempted to be, you know, clicking over to your social media and scrolling through and wasting time. You can do the same thing if you get lost in your email. Email is a big time suck and so you can block access to your email account if you're trying to work on a project for a while and you can also do the same thing with your cell phone. All smartphones these days have digital well being settings that you can access. I help clients kind of get into that and turn those on so that you are limiting your screen time with social media outlets. And you're less distracted, less likely to be scrolling so that you can be focusing on the tasks that you need to move the needle forward on your day and get things done without, you know, suddenly losing a whole bunch of time. And then maybe you have trouble with budgeting or, you know, you have, you have like a retail therapy habit and maybe you're in credit card debt so you can eliminate a trigger there by simply just cutting the card up and throwing it in the trash you can keep the number on a piece of paper so that you can use it for certain bills or whatever. You can set it up for auto pay and have it set to pay off the full balance right away and just use the credit card as an actual tool to build your credit rather than an excuse to spend money that you don't actually have. So you can just cut the card up and then start using sinking funds for things that you you want if you have Um, miscellaneous purchases and like would be nice purchases that you want to have the freedom for then you can start a cash sinking fund because using actual physical cash and feeling it leave your hands and and having that sort of like tangible experience can be a really effective way for people to budget if you have less than desirable spending habits so uh, that's something that I had to do. In my 20s, when I was maxing out credit cards left and right, I started using the sinking fund method and cutting my cards up and just using them to help build my credit as a tool. Okay, moving on to tip number four, use positive reinforcement to get motivated when you're not feeling it. Use positive reinforcement. So this is basically building in a reward system for yourself. So the first thing here is practicing delayed gratification. And I talked about this in last week's video a little bit. I'm gonna touch on it again and delayed, delayed gratification is basically just putting off, this is procrastinating the right way, <laughs> you're putting off something that you want to do by doing something that you need to do first and you're using that reward as a way to motivate you to just get the other thing over with. Whatever it is that you know you need to do, that you don't want to do, you just gotta get it out of the way so that you can enjoy your reward. And this is a really powerful thing. It's super simple, obviously, and it's something that you know we kind of teach our kids from the very beginning. You have to eat the food that's good for you before you have dessert, and so you just take that concept and apply it to everything else in your life. And what we end up doing as adults, many times, is using our rewards as coping mechanisms to, to soothe ourselves and make ourselves feel better about not accomplishing the things that we need to. And that is just such a dangerous snowball it builds this sort of self-distrust and builds the identity of somebody that doesn't get things done and then it opens up the floodgates of negative self-talk and just all of these all these things that just prevent us from making progress and demotivate us and so this is if you really do nothing else I mean you should get an accountability buddy because that's going to be like super powerful but if you do nothing else try delayed gratification and pair things that you want to do with things that you don't want to do and use them as a reward. Another way you can do this uh, to kind of continue on that is to task pair and this is actually doing something you like while doing something else that you don't like and You have to do this with very specific types of tasks and generally it works best for things like housework. You know, if you get easily distracted because certain household chores are very mundane, they're really boring, they don't hold your interest obviously, you want to try and pair that task because it's relatively mindless with something that you do enjoy. So maybe you sit and watch your favorite Netflix show or listen to your favorite podcast well, you fold laundry. That's literally the only way that laundry ever gets folded in my house is if I am folding it with my husband, so I use the accountability right there because he actually likes folding laundry, he's a weirdo. And Or I am on the phone with somebody, I am listening to a podcast that I really like or an audiobook or something, I am pairing that task with something that I don't like. Um, or I'm sorry, I'm pairing that task with something that I do like so that I can get the laundry folded and put away and i kind of use it as me time and i am i'm constantly like reframing the way that i think and talk about doing it as using it as an excuse to have me time i can actually listen to the podcast that i've been wanting to listen to all day and doing laundry is my opportunity to be able to do that and so that is how you can task pair and then another way that you can employ this technique is creating a streak and some people refer to this as the Seinfeld method or something like that um, where you have a big wall calendar and you have a nice big wet red marker that you can cross off each day for a streak that you create of Uh, instances where you get something done that you're supposed to do and so every day that you run, let's say like if you want to start running or something and you want to create a running streak and so you can use that big calendar and the big wet red marker to cross off each day that you run and so you're creating a streak and you can kind of make it a competition with yourself you can make it a game of sorts we like to play games we like to make things fun and if that is a simple technique that works for you that sounds like something you can handle then definitely do it and see how long you can make your streak and that's a great way to borrow motivation and use positive reinforcement. So, that's tip number 4. Tip number 5 is to track your distractions. And this is a classic productivity technique and it really it works really really well. Um, And it's something that people sometimes think it just it wouldn't work and until you try it, you would never know, right? So the concept basically is to help train your brain to dismiss distractions sooner. And this is a technique that I use with my clients who struggle with ADHD. Their brains move so much faster than everybody else and they're able to task switch and think about several different things in a shorter period of time and that's why they get so easily distracted and don't get the original thing done and so you have a piece of paper that's usually the easiest way to do this is to just have a physical piece of paper at your desk uh, where you're working whatever it is that you happen to be working on and every time you encounter a distracting thought which it could be very legitimate. It could be something like, oh, like I have to switch my laundry over or I need to defrost the ground beef for dinner tonight. And if I don't do it now, you know, this and that. Like you have all of these thoughts of things that are not directly re- related to what you're doing, but they are important. And so you have that piece of paper there to write those things down. And maybe you have set a timer for yourself. I use the Pomodoro technique a lot to help myself um, provide edges for a project that I'm working on and I'll set a timer for 25 minutes and I really will just try to focus on the one thing that is that I need to get done and I'm like putting the time and effort and the expectation and the deadline in for myself and I have my distraction tracker there and I use that with clients as well so that during that 25 minute period, I can write everything down that is trying to pull my focus. It's being captured into a trusted capture system. I know that I'm not going to forget all of those little things that are spinning around in my head. And then when the timer goes off and I have time to actually process the things on the list, I'll look at stuff and be like, okay, well, that like three of those thoughts were not important at all and I can just cross them off. And the other things got captured and written down and I can actually go and do those things and and get them taken care of. Um, you can do this with uh, your your phone if you have voice command on it or you have Alexa or Google, Google or whatever. You can do little audio reminders for yourself. I do that all the time. I set alarms for myself with my Google frequently, just in the moment. And that's another sort of like high-tech digital way to use the distraction tracker technique. <clears throat> Tip number six, we're gonna keep moving right along here. Tip number six is to reframe self-talk. And this is one that's always overlooked by people. And it's super important because motivation, especially when it is coming from within, has to come from a positive place in order for you to wanna be consistent. If you, like let's say you're on the treadmill um, exercise is, is just like one of those things that we all need we all need more of in our lives and so it's a, it's always a great example so I'll just continue with it and if you're on the treadmill you hop off five minutes early you might be feeling and telling yourself like oh god you couldn't even get through the last five minutes of your workout this is never gonna work for you and you're just you talk down to yourself and you are you are your own worst critic and A lot of a lot of us make a habit out of that negative self-talk, and it not only makes us feel unworthy of whatever goal it is that we're trying to motivate ourselves to achieve, but it also just gives us an excuse not to do it. If I'm being honest, you know, like it, it makes us feel crappy, and then it gives us an excuse not to do something. And so reframing the way that you talk to yourself to be more positive and more gentle. And I'm not talking about that classic buzz phrase of toxic positivity at all. I'm, I'm talking about being realistic and just being gentle with yourself and, and just trying to be progressive and not perfect, right? Always trying to make progress, the goal, not doing everything perfectly. And if you, if you really take that to heart and try to give yourself some grace to be consistent, even if you're doing it kind of crappy sometimes, that's okay. So to help you guys out with this, I wanna offer you an additional free gift. And that is my affirmation stack. This is something that I do for a lot of my clients who struggle with negative self-image and negative self-talk and it, may feel a little weird at first because you don't assume the identity of this positivity yet in your life, whatever it is. Uh, There's different phrases that I take and then help my clients to affirm over time, uh, having to do with getting organized, being more productive. There's one that helps improve your relationship with failure and overcome the fear of it and uh, learning how to trust yourself again. And so basically just, listening to and saying positive things to assume the identity of something better for yourself. And a lot of times starting out you might feel a little goofy, you might feel like you're lying to yourself, and maybe you feel uncomfortable saying it out loud, so I always encourage people to then write it down instead, just so that you are processing these thoughts. And trying to adopt them as reality for yourself and it really really does make a big difference the more that you do it and so I want to offer you the opportunity to take part in the affirmation stack and so in the show notes there is a link where you can go and download them they'll be sent to your inbox same thing with YouTube down in the description area and of course I'll pin comments and everything to make sure that you guys can get a hand on these resources if you need them and a lot of people find them to be very helpful over time so don't knock it till you try it give it a go uh, my free gift to you again i just really want to provide the best resources that i possibly can So with that being said, we're going to wrap up this episode and again, I really appreciate you sticking around. Be sure to check out all of the resources down below in the show notes or in the description area where you can sign up for the waitlist for my Better Habits in 30 Days Workshop. It's going to be awesome. I am super excited about it and I'm going to be participating in that challenge with you as best i can this year so stick around for that and then make sure that you pick up your affirmation stack as well and beyond that i hope you guys have an awesome day an awesome rest of your week whenever you happen to be listening to this episode and i'll see you in the next one bye